Before you hear their names announced at Rogers Center, you'll first hear them on Around the Nest, Jay talking around the Blue Jays minor league system. Well, hello and welcome to this edition of Around the Nest. My name is Jim Tarabokia, filling in for Jesse Goldberg-Strassler this week. Jesse is uh, on vacation. Yes, yes, yes. He is actually on vacation right now, enjoying his time with his wife. I'm sure he's with some family members as well. And he's enjoying his lovely, lovely vacation in uh, Maryland, from what I uh, from what I heard, anyway. Anyway, so here we go. Uh, around the nest, week number thirteen. As we Jay talked with you around the Toronto Blue Jays system, we'll talk with the voices of the uh, Toronto Blue Jays system with Pat Malacaro at the AAA level, AAA Buffalo at the AA level with Tyler Murray, Mr. Golden Pipes himself, Rob Fay at Sure Season. Vancouver, Zach Helton at Rookie Level Bluefield, and we can't forget about Adam Jaxka from, I think I said Adam's name right, Adam Jaxa. We're going to get that right, Adam, I promise. We'll talk with Adam as well coming up uh, a little bit later on uh, in the show. Okay, so first things first, before we get to all of those guys, and we've got a lot to talk about today. A lot is going on. I mean, the minor league uh, season here is in uh, full swing. We are in full swing. And, uh, well, here we are. I mean, we are ready to go. And when I say ready to go, we've got everybody in action. And the first thing, before I I get to all that, because I'm excited to talk about some of the topics, I'm going to bring up some guys here and and some some players that were here at the advanced day level from a couple of years ago. Uh, I first want to just talk about um, something I saw the other night that really got to me, and and it it really entertained me. Okay, um, number one, uh, baseball is a hard sport. I realize that more and more every day, being around these guys every single day. I have an office right outside the clubhouse, so I'm around them every single day, and I see what goes on. I see them in the cage working hard, and then I'm up close and personal during the game, obviously, whether I'm calling the game or not. So, uh, notwithstanding, baseball is a hard game to play. And you remember that show, um, So You Think You Can Dance? I'm sure, I'm sure you might remember that show. I think it's still on. I'm, I'm, not a big, I, I'm not a big show TV watcher unless it's like Seinfeld or something. Well, I'm going to pose that question today, So You Think You Can Play Baseball. The other night, I saw a man pitch one of his best performances in the entire season and Max Scherzer with a broken nose. Okay, I, I watched the highlights. If you don't know, he broke his nose in batting practice when he was trying to drop down some bunts. And uh, the highlight that I saw, I saw from the center field camera, uh, the day that he pitched, they showed it from the day before, and the way his bat was angled, if, you take a, if you're looking from the center field camera, take a clock, the bat was angled to 10 o'clock. Well, his face was probably between 12 and 1 o'clock. So the bat... In relation to his face, they're pretty close together. Well, the ball ended up hitting the wrong part of the bat, hit the top of the bat, and went straight up into the air, but it hit Max on the nose. He's lucky he didn't get hit in, say, the jaw or, like, the eye socket. He could have broke his eye or the eye socket or, you know, I don't know, done more damage. Thank goodness that that didn't happen. Okay. So it hits him in the nose. He breaks his nose. 
I don't know about you. If I broke my nose, I certainly don't think I'd be broadcasting the next day. I'm not sure I would be anyway. And <laughs> I mean, I get a cold sore and I don't want to broadcast or talk or do anything for a week. I get a cold sore in my mouth. This guy goes out there, and there's a picture that I shared on my Twitter, at Jim Tara. I may have shared it on Facebook as well, though I don't use Facebook all that much, of him before the game. He has a black guy, and I, I think I heard Dave Jagler say it on the radio side of things. He was pitching that night with a brown eye, a blue eye, and a black guy. And he looked so intimidating. He went out there that night, threw 97 miles per hour with that hard slider, the hard, hard power changeup that gets ground balls and swings and misses with all that movement below the knees and that cut fastball that is so finesse that he can virtually put anywhere he wants to. And he struck out 10 Phillies that night to help the Nationals complete that, that sweep. Okay, my whole point is next time you criticize baseball players and you go about it in a way that may be overcritical, just think of Max Scherzer's performance and his ability to go out there and pitch with a broken nose. I'm just throwing it out there. It's pretty impressive. And then the strikeout, 10 Phillies hitters. Not too bad. Okay, let's start with uh, advanced aid, Dunneen. I'll try to make this quick. I look at Dunneen now, and currently losing Logan Warman certainly is going to hinder this ball club. But notwithstanding, when you look at what the team has now, top of the order in Cal Stevenson, who's driven at least one run in three consecutive games. He's hitting seven straight. Kevin Avacuna, who's a good number two hitter, settling into that role nicely. Ryan Noda, Casey Clemens still providing the power for this Dunneen team. And then you go... Looking at the bottom of the order as well with Samad Taylor, who's starting to come on as well, hitting very well, near 300 since coming off the injured list. This lineup, the way it is constructed right now, the lineup that has produced the most wins in the Florida State League, is pretty good top to bottom and has a lot of weapons that uh, I think can really help this team going forward in the second half. And you look at the starting rotation, guys can be plugged in easily. Uh, they've done it all year long. Turner Larkins comes to mind, Graham Spraker. They've kind of piggybacked off one another. And they've had a lot of success doing that. And the starting rotation has never been an issue. Guys have stepped into those roles and done their jobs well. And then when you look at uh, one guy I want to bring up before we move on is Jesus Navarro. And Jesus coming off of the uh, – coming off from extended spring – and has done a marvelous job currently at the plate, putting together good plate appearances, doing what he can at the plate um, with the pitches that are delivered to him, whether it be serving it to right, hitting a hard line drive down the left field line, going back up the middle. He is actually producing a lot, and he is certainly helping the bottom of this order as well. So that's the uh, state of advanced day, Danin and uh, um, uh, uh, Max Scherzer. I hope Max gets better soon. And the Blue Jays are in action this weekend, three games against Palm Beach. Off Monday, three games against St. Lucie. Next weekend in Daytona Beach to take on the Daytona Tortugas. That series will be broadcast by me on the Dunneen Blue Jays Baseball Network. And you can find me, too, on Twitter, at Jim Tara, and on Instagram, too, at Jim Tara as well. Okay, let's go to AAA Buffalo, where Pat Malacaro is standing by Buffalo. They have pulled to within two games of 500, and they have won 10 of their last 13. The voice of the Buffalo Bison, Pat Malacaro. Pat, are you there? Hold on, wait hey, for Jim. Pat, hello. There he is. Hey, okay. Okay. We're all good to go. Um, Pat, how are you? Yeah, not only... 
I'm great, thanks, and thanks for uh, filling in for Jesse this week, Jim. It's uh, it's great to have around the nest still uh, still up and running with Jesse uh, taking some much needed time off and much deserved. Not only the Bison's won ten of the last thirteen, but they've won four of their last series. They've won four straight. They're four zero and one in the last five, even. So yeah, Buffalo's playing some of their best baseball. They're getting on tap for a five zero five doubleheader today. If they sweep Norfolk, who's really maybe the worst team in the International League, just you know, look at uh, their record and, and their, their play kind of, you know, tailing off. The Bisons could find themselves back at 500 by the end of tonight. I want to ask you about um, Bo Bichette. And I, I asked about him because I saw him play last week. Uh, maybe, was it last week? Whenever it was. Last week, whenever. Uh, on a rehab, unofficial rehab assignment. And the way he was hitting the baseball, to me, when Bo's at his best, and you've seen it this year, Tyler's seen it as well, he's going the other way, right center field, left center field. The ball has a great spin axis if you look at Rap Soto. How has Bo been uh, since returning to Buffalo? It seems like he's getting back into the swing of things. Three hits and five RBIs yesterday, uh, matching a career high. Yeah, and it's a case where he, uh, you know, left Buffalo with a broken hand and was playing really well. He was playing his best uh, shortstop of the season. And, you know, unfortunately with the broken hand, that kind of derailed things for six weeks. But, uh, you know, comes back, basically picked up where he left off, hit a home run to straightaway center field in Louisville. And defensively, he was starting to come around. Uh, you know, we talked right before he left the team uh, while he was on the injured list, and he really talked about how he took care of himself this past offseason and trained and, and got himself in uh, the best shape he could so that once he came to spring training, he could be uh, one of the best players. And that's what he was in, in spring this year. So we saw a guy that was back to being that uh, in just a handful of games. And, yeah, the, the numbers offensively are going to speak for themselves, but it's the defense as well that, that really uh, has has shown through over his only a couple of games back with the team. Yeah, and let's touch on that for a second. How has his defense been? Obviously, he was working out at short down here, trying to work his way back. We always talk about offense and everything, and, and oh, this guy's coming off, an injury, injury, coming off the injured list. How's he doing offensively? How's he getting back into the swing of things? Let's talk a little bit about defense as well. How's that going? Through? Yeah, I mean, he's been basically – uh, no no issue there at all. He's made the plays that he's need to make. He's made some difficult plays that um, he's made look routine. So uh, it was a struggle at the start of the season for him. But uh, once, right before the injury, we had seen the difference um, in a young player trying to find his way and a young player who figured it out. And uh, there hasn't been a situation since coming off the injured list and since you saw him in Dunedin that, I can say, oh yeah, that you know that that's a young player that really made a mistake there. He's he is just steady on the infield, and for a team that has a lot of veterans now, that's something that was not here when he left the team at the end of April. I think that's a nice mix, a nice nice little uh, piece to add to the equation that has led to a lot of the Bison success. I know you got to get going because you have a pregame show coming up, but I want to ask you this: I was looking at some of the box scores today from these recent games where you guys have won. 10 of your last 13, four consecutive series. Every time I, I looked at the box score, it was like 11 runs here, 11 runs here, 11 runs here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you a simple question and kind of an open-ended type question. What's been the key ingredient, Pat, for all of this scoring as of late? Well, I think it's, it's a lot of AAA caliber talent that has 
found its way to Buffalo. And unfortunately for guys like Socrates Brito, that's meant being designated for assignment. But in that, he has played very well here. And Corey Hart talked about uh, with me the other day about how he was able to work with Socrates and really work on his swing. He saw, he noticed something in his swing that uh, previously had worked well. And in Toronto, that wasn't the case. So they worked on that a little bit here. Right. And you know, he's been one of the best, best players offensively hitting better than 307 for the Bisons hitting in five in a row. You get a guy like Jonathan Davis, who is a table setter. Now he's batting fifth, but if, if he's towards the top of the card, that's when guys like uh, Lourdes Correo Jr. were collecting RBIs because guys were getting on base in front of, in front of them. So uh, it's been a lot of that. And, you know, add in the mix, a guy like Jordan Patterson, who uh, has struggled. He's uh, at times a feast or famine type guy for the Bisons, but uh, he has recently added a power surge, which he did a lot in his time in the Rockies organization, uh, you know, PCL included over the last couple of years. But he's a guy that uh, has played a lot of first base for this team and a team that doesn't have a true first baseman. He's been able to shoulder a lot of that load. So it's been a lot of those, unfortunate for these players, triple A uh, uh, veterans that have really solidified things and, and added a lot of big offense. Buffalo taking on Norfolk doubleheader today for this weekend. A quick two against Paul Tuckett and then three against Scranton Wilkes-Barre uh, coming up next week. The voice of the Buffalo Bison, Pat Malakala. Find him on Twitter at PatWGR. Pat, as always, buddy, it's good talking to you, and I uh, hope all is well. We'll talk again soon. Likewise. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. All right, moving down the ladder. Let's move on now to... Oh, I just hung up on Tyler. Tyler, I'm sorry. I just hung up on you. We're going to get to Tyler in a second, though. But we are going to get to AA New Hampshire. Tyler Murray, I had a great – I pushed the wrong buttons. The dashboard. Um, I, uh, I was looking at some of Buffalo uh, – excuse me, New Hampshire's uh, action um, this week and, and what they've been doing. They have lost three straight, but they are getting closer to 500 at 31 and 38. I hung up on Tyler. I can't believe it. There he is. Okay, let's get him back on. Stupid dashboard. There we go. It's so much, you know, it's so much easier when I'm when I'm um, uh, working the, the my board for game broadcast. I don't know why I can't do it on a computer and a podcast. Anyway, Tyler's back with us. Tyler, are you there? Hey, Jim, do you hear me? Hello. There hello. he is, Mr. Golden Golden Pipes himself, former Dunedin Blue Jays broadcaster, by the way. Uh, Tyler oh, yeah. Murray. Tyler, how are you? I'm terrific, man. Awesome job by you so far. Always good to hear about the DJs and the Bisons, and uh, hopefully I can keep up the high standard of podcasting as we move along. Well, you're using that high standard pretty liberally, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> so the let's talk a little bit about the uh, the Fisher Cats. Thirty-one, thirty-eight, and uh, there's a guy on your team currently who, when he left here at Advance Day. He was hot with the bat. I think he hit in 10 of his last 12. His name is Logan Warner. First-round draft selection by Toronto in 2017. And hit yesterday. What do you see so far? Yeah, we're liking Logan Warmoth. I mean, maybe some fans following along just see the two hits and 18 at-bats, and that's not impressing anybody. But uh, I love his approach. He's hit the ball hard more than a few times. And his defense, which we're seeing him uh, so far during this three-game homestand, twice at shortstop, and then last night at second base, 
he's smooth. He's crisp and he got a good, quick, easy throwing arm. So he'll really, uh, I think, play well as he moves up the organization. So that's been great to see. He had his first RBI a couple of nights ago with a sacrifice fly, but really more of a sacrifice line drive. He hit it on the screws. So I think so far he and his fellow middle infield prospect uh, counterpart, uh, Kevin Smith, who are now com- comprising a pretty impressive middle infield second base and shortstop, they're oh, running sure. into a little bit, of t- yeah. little bit of tough luck here with some hard hit outs. I want to ask you now about um, about the pitching staff. And one guy in particular who caught my eye last year, and I think he really opened up some eyes at the advanced day level, left-hander Zach Logue, who's pitched at least six innings in eight of his last ten starts. I don't need to tell you, for any pitching staff, I don't, you know, I don't care what game you're talking about. If you're talking about old school, new school, with all the analytics and whatnot, to have a guy go out there and give you that, or at least depend on him to give you that every fifth day, it's pretty big for your team, and it's pretty big in his development process as well. I've always been impressed by Zach Lowe. What about you? Yeah, you nailed it, Jim. He's been Mr. Reliable for this team, and Mike Mordecai, the manager, said it's the perfect guy to be on the mound to start the second half, and that's what he was just a couple of days ago, and he gave the team seven innings and allowed only one run. It was an extra inning loss by the end of the night, but Zach Logan is just that kind of guy who's going to throw strikes for you. He keeps the defense entertained. They're on their toes. They know the ball is going to be hit and play, and if he continues throwing strikes and working that breaking ball better and better every time we see him out there as, as a lefty, he's going to have, a, I think, a really good, strong career. Maybe not one of your top-line rotation guys, but He's a guy that every big league rotation needs, a reliable, I don't even want to say innings eater, because that maybe has a a less than stellar connotation, but he's going to stay out there a long time. And I think his success comes from the fact that, unlike a lot of guys his age, he hasn't really come up throwing 95-plus. He's low 90s, so he knows he needs to locate, he needs to outsmart the hitter, and already it's still a pretty young age. He's he's found a way to do that at at a really advanced level. And, you know, for me, a left-hander, I don't care if you're lefty or righty, throwing low 90s, you can attest to this uh, by seeing as much of you, as much as you've seen over the years. You better be able to locate, and it seems like he does that. He did it here, but he does it consistently, and I think that's the big key to his success. Yeah, not, not, a, not a ton of strikeout numbers, obviously, but his ability to limit the walks, I think, makes up for it. Like, not everybody's going to be that Nate Pearson type who gets you know, dozens of Ks against just a handful of walks throughout the season. But at Logue, it's, it's been impressive. Right. We've seen some, some lefties over the years that it's taken a while to get that consistent command, like uh, Tim Mesa comes to mind. It took him about a year and a half to consistently throw strikes in double-A, and now he's one of the better guys up in the big league. So uh, to have Logue already a step yeah. ahead is pretty impressive. I wonder how he works with Alberto Mineo. Another guy I want to bring up who had a hit yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Alberto, to me, though, he's only hitting 238 this year. I think if you look at his advanced numbers, they'll tell maybe a, diff- a little bit of a different story. Um, and he's a guy who, to me, has always hit well. And, can, and it's just uh, Dan Venn, who used to be with us last year, said this perfectly, and I agreed with him. He said, Alberto Mineo is a good ball player. And I think you can attest to that watching him as well. But he also works well with the pitching staff, which I saw last year. Is that the case this year at the AA level? For sure. And he's got a lot of guys he worked with last season as well. So the rapport is there. And it's impressive for a guy that 
came up with the Chicago Cubs and only went over the Blue Jays last year in the Rule 5 draft, how quickly he's been able to yeah. uh, become comfortable with the staff. And it just it just speaks to his personality. He's a really positive guy. Uh, as you know, he's uh, got plenty of languages. He can speak Spanish, Italian. He was born in Italy and uh, still lives there, I guess, in the offseason. And English, of course. And uh, it's just he kind of keeps pitchers at ease when he's behind home plate. He can uh, really talk anyone out of a stressful situation. And I think maybe a, a time or two we've seen him block balls well initially, but maybe they scored away here and there, but that's been limited as the season goes on. And with the bat, I mean, he started the season as one of New Hampshire's best hitters. He was hitting 292 in the first month of the year. He had a grand slam early on and almost had player of the week honors because that came in a pretty good week for him. But he's cooled off a little bit, but you have to keep in mind that now with Riley Adams up here, the third-round pick a couple of years ago, he's getting a lot more time behind home plate, and maybe the D.H. Maneo here and there. Right. But you can you can understand the Blue Jays are, are giving a long look to Riley Adams as having a, a nice little run here in Double A. Tyler Murray, Double A New Hampshire. One more guy I want to ask you about before I let you go uh, as well. Santiago Espinal cooled off a little bit in May, but he's hitting 276 here in the month of June. I was impressed in his short stint, if you will, last year here at the advanced A level. Um, and he's back with AA New Hampshire for a second consecutive season. You add him to the mix. You mentioned Logan Warmoth, Kevin Smith, and that middle infield tandem. I mean, he can play short successfully, play second base. I think he can play third. I think it's bad plays there. Um, what's been uh, the keys to uh, his success here this year, but especially in this month of June? Yeah, I mean, he gets hits in bunches. He's on a six-gamer right now, and he had two different hitting streaks of nine games or more this year. And you talk about his versatility. Yeah, he can play three infield positions, but I'll do you one better, Jim. He's been playing some center field this year, and he made some terrific matches out there last night. Yeah, he tried it out first in the Arizona Fall League, and I mean, you can see why with all the middle infield talent the Blue Jays just keep stockpiling. they got to find a place for him to play because his bat makes it worth it to have him in the lineup. And I remember thinking last year about Espinal when he came here from you guys. You know, this guy does a, a lot of things pretty well, not a ton of weaknesses, not a ton of major strengths. But this year it, it's more like, wow, he does everything really well. It's not like, okay, there's no weaknesses. Now it's like, wow, this guy is just terrific at driving the ball to the gap. He had a two-run double down the line last night in a 4-2 loss. He's able to make some really smooth plays defensively. He's one of those guys who plays with with some flair up the middle. He'll make a nice sliding catch and then pop the glove out of his mitt into his hand and then throw it over to first. He's really, really fun to watch play. And the best example of that, Jim, was uh, two Saturdays ago when it was tied in the bottom of the 10th and he stole home two outs and two strikes to win the game. It's something we'll never forget. That was uh, just another day in the life for an exciting player, Santiago Espinal. Glad you brought that up because I, I watched highlights of that, and I was very, very impressed, and I was happy to see it with him um, because you're exactly right. He is always hustling. He always plays hard, and he can do a lot of things. Tyler Murray at the AA level, the voice of the, the – Golden Pipes, I should say, of the uh, New Hampshire Fisher Cats. New Hampshire this weekend, three against Trenton, and then three against Portland on the road. Next week, all games broadcast on AM 610 WGIRLT. 
underscore underscore Murray on Twitter. Did I get that right, Tyler? Is it double underscore? It is double underscore. I don't tweet all that okay. much, but uh, maybe I'll fire off some content for you tonight just to legitimize the plug. Okay. okay. I was unsure when I saw it because I, I follow you on Twitter, and I, I, I just had to do a double take because that's always underscore for everybody else. But for you, Golden Pipes, double underscore. Once again, LT, double underscore, Murray on Twitter. All games broadcast on the New Hampshire Fisher Cats radio network, AM 610 WGIR. Tyler, thank you very much, buddy. It's always it's a pleasure talking with you, and we'll talk again soon. You're killing it, Jim T. Keep it up, my man. All right, brother. Have a good one. So we continue on with the show. We're waiting for Rob Fay to call us uh, at the short season level with Vancouver. He'll be joining us, or at least scheduled to join us, in just a couple of moments. Adam Jaxa at the Class A level uh, with Lansing will be joining us as well. And Zach Helton also will be uh, joining us as well. Zach will be joining us uh, from Bluefield. Uh, the Bluefield Blue Jays just getting underway. Their roster was just recently released. Vancouver is just getting underway as well. And Lansing is coming off of an all-star break um, and back underway uh, here uh, this weekend. So uh, Lansing and Vancouver and Bluefield, they're back underway after the all-star break. And Vancouver, through their first week of the season, currently sitting at 2-5 and five overall, and Bluefield just underway as well. One thing I want to touch on before we get to Rob, a little bit more about the Dunning Blue Jays. And I don't think it's talked about enough here at the advanced day level. I see this every day with this ball club. I always say coming into the year how this team, you have to be careful um, with putting any predictions on, on any team at, at the minor league level in affiliated baseball, but especially at Class A, or actually Advanced Day, Class A somewhat, but more so Advanced Day uh, with the Florida State League, because there's not enough teams, like you, if you look at, say, AA New Hampshire, AA um, um, the Eastern League, or um, if you look at AAA Buffalo, and the international league. There's a lot of teams there, so those teams might not cancel each other out, where in the Florida State League, you play the same teams pretty much over and over again. Because the league is a little bit smaller, you cancel each other out. So for the Dunning Blue Jays in the first half to win 41 games, I was very, very impressed. And I don't think enough credit currently is given to this coaching staff. I'm up, up close and personal. I see it every day with Cesar Martin, our manager, who was the manager last year, led Lansing to a playoff appearance. Um, Maddie Young, who's our hitting coach, Jake McGuigan, our analyst slash bench coach slash first base coach, and our pitching coach, Jim Sidkowski, as well. Uh, what, what these guys have done with this team this year and embedding that winning mindset into their everyday routine, when they get to the ballpark, they come to work, uh, it's a huge testament to this coaching staff. Just some numbers I want to quickly rattle off. I don't want to give you too many numbers here, but I think these numbers are very prevalent to what the Blue Jays have done this year. 41 wins, most in the league, and the most in one half since 2014. Their winning percentage, 631, best in the league in the first half. Their run differential at plus 82, most in the league, by far the best. I mean, it was by far the best. The next closest, Fort Myers at 52. That tells you something right there, how well this first half has gone. And by the way, another thing with the Blue Jays, they're closing in, too, on 2,500 wins 
as an organization in franchise history dating back to the inception of the Dunedin organization in 1978. The Blue Jays have come into play tonight, this weekend, with a winning percentage at 522, and they're just five wins away. They lost yesterday. They split the doubleheader on, what was that, Wednesday against Tampa. So they're five wins away from reaching that 2,500 mark combined between the regular and postseason play, and they're 19 regular season wins away from 2,500. So they've already punched their ticket to the playoffs, had a phenomenal first half, though they did lose a couple of guys that helped them get there. Some guys may be on the way. The lineup that they have right now, very, very solid. So not only have they clinched, but they also could reach that milestone of 2,500 wins. Last time I checked, that is the most wins. Currently, they have the most wins combined, regular season and postseason play, in all uh, of the Florida State League, which is yeah, pretty impressive. And all of the teams in the Florida State League and their histories as well, keep in mind that those histories now um, uh, may be a little bit shorter than Dunedin. But if you go back to 2012 and what the Blue Jays have done putting together a winning portfolio since then. Right now, they currently have the most wins in the league of 42, highest winning percentage coming in, and they've got the third highest amount of wins in all of Advanced Day Baseball. They've had five playoff appearances since 2012, most in the league, 538 wins, second most in the Florida State League, and the first ever FSL championship in franchise history back in 2017. It has been a great run here at the advanced day level at Dunedin. I'm not sure what it is. I think it's a mixture, though, and when people ask me this, I say I don't know exactly know what it is, but I think it's a mixture of things as to why this team, this Dunedin Blue Jays team, over the last however many years it's been now, 2012 felt like yesterday. So how many, however many years, seven, eight years ago this, this run started. And that 2012 team, if you remember, and Jesse would remember this too. It was a very, very good team. A very good team. Arguably the best in the league that year. Uh, that's, of course, uh, debatable. But that year, they had over 80 wins. This year, they have a chance to also pick up 80 wins. They've already punched their ticket for the playoffs, so they don't need to worry about that in the second half. The pressure is not on there. Should be an interesting second half, I think, with guys that are coming in and guys that are leaving, it's always a fun mixture. The core, though, is currently here right now with some of the guys, say Cal Stevenson, Orion Noda. They have all produced and have all done really well uh, in their respective positions. When I talk about Ryan Noda, he's played four different positions this year. He's played first base, he has played left field, he's played right field, and he's also uh, started in center field as well. He's not projected to be a center fielder at the next level. So uh, Ryan Noda, Cal Stevenson, Kevin Vicuña, some of these guys have really fulfilled roles well. And those are right now the core guys that have done an, an excellent job in their respective roles. All right, so we're still waiting for Rob Fay. Hopefully we get Rob on the line here on week 13 edition of Around the Nest. We've already heard from Tyler Murray at the AA level with New Hampshire, and Tyler talking about Santiago Espinal and his ability now to all of a sudden play center field. Go figure. You know, that's one thing. When you have athletes like that and guys who can play up the middle, you can really allocate your resources elsewhere. Logan Warmoth who's now up at the AA level, former first-round draft selection by the Blue Jays in 2017. We talked with Pat Malacaro as well with AAA Buffalo, and we talked about how his team has won 10 of 13. We dissected how 
They've won 10 of 13 in four consecutive series. And again, they have bolted within two games of 500. Bo Bichette, three hits, five RBIs yesterday, matching a career high. They've scored a lot of runs. And coming up this weekend, they've got four against the worst team in the league, according to Pat, uh, Norfolk, and then a quick two against Paul Tuckett, three against Grant and Wilkes-Barre. You can find Pat on Twitter at PatWGR. Again, that is at PatWGR on Twitter. Tyler Murray, we talked with him earlier, 31-38, and 38, the New Hampshire Fisher Cats checking in for the day in fifth place. Last time I checked, I'll do a double quick double check right now, checking in fifth place in the Eastern League, Eastern Division standing, sitting nine games back. They've lost three straight, though they've had some good pitching performances, especially from Zach Logue, former Dunedin Blue Jay. Logue has pitched at least six innings in eight of his last ten outings. Alberto Mineo with a hit last night, a guy who has gotten tied behind the plate, and he's also um, gotten time at the designated hitter spot as well. They've got three against Trenton this weekend, three against Portland on the road next week. You can listen to all those games on the New Hampshire Fisher Cats radio network on AM 610 WGIR, and you can find Tyler on Twitter at LT, that is uh, capital LT, double underscore Murray on Twitter. He tells me that he doesn't tweet that much. I've seen him tweet, though. I have seen him tweet. He tweets. He said He's just being very modest. If I would have had their Instagram accounts, I would have certainly plugged that as well. You can also find me on Twitter as well, at Jim Tara. You can find the uh, Dunneen Blue Jays on Twitter, at Dunneen Blue Jays as well. The Blue Jays in action tonight against Palm Beach in Game 2 of a four-game weekend series. And then off day on Monday, I think it's a league-wide off day, and then three against St. Lucie, in St. Lucie, against the Mets, and then a big weekend series Next weekend, the 28th, against Daytona on the road at Jackie Robinson Ballpark in Daytona Beach, Florida. We're supposed to talk with Rob Fay from Short Season Vancouver. They're just underway in their uh, uh, first week of their season. They're 2-5 and five thus far. Luis De Los Santos has hit in all three games that he has played. He batted in the number three spot yesterday, a three-hit game last night under new manager, former Dunning Blue Jays manager in 2018, Casey Candell. And you can find Rob on Twitter, at Rob Fay Nation. Again, that is at Rob Fay Nation. They've got three this weekend against Spokane and then three against Hillsborough next week as well. Adam Jaxa at the Class A level with Lansing. They are just getting underway in the second half. Lansing coming into this weekend, 32-38, and 38, sixth place in the Midwest League, Eastern Division, sitting 12 games back. They last lost to Daytona actually yesterday, 7-2, and they've got another game tonight at 7 o'clock. Adam Jaska is on the call as Jesse Goldberg-Strasler is on vacation, hence why I'm filling in on this week's uh, Around the Nest. And finally, at the rookie level, Bluefield is just underway as well. Bluefield, uh, their rosters were announced was what over the weekend they were sitting at one and two tied for fourth in the early going two games back in the Appalachian League Eastern Division standings and they're in action once again tonight at 6:30 yesterday Jimenez had a big day two runs scored going three for five okay well Rob and Adam and Zach I guess are not calling in today it's all right we had a good week 13 of around the nest I appreciate you for 
putting up with me and joining us and my talking and blabbering and talking about Max Scherzer, which, by the way, if you do see that video, you should check it out. I mean, gosh, he's lucky he just broke his nose. And if you get a chance to watch those highlights of him striking out 10 guys, it's pretty impressive. Also, another thing I want to pass along, too, if you get a chance to watch, and I forgot to mention this earlier, if you get a chance to watch some highlights from um, uh, earlier in the week with Kevin Basio hitting two home runs, I always get excited when you see former Dunyan Blue Jays starting to filter their way up to the major league level. If you get a chance to watch those highlights as well with Kevin Biggio hitting two home runs earlier in the week, go ahead and do that. They're pretty good swings. I think you'll get some enjoyment. Once again, I'm Jim Tarabokia on Twitter, at Jim Tara. You can listen to all Dunyan Blue Jays games on the Dunyan Blue Jays baseball network. My thanks to Tyler and Pat. We hope to talk with Adam and Zach and Rob Next week, for Jesse Goldberg-Strasler, who will be back next week, I hope I didn't mess up. He'll take inventory next week and figure all this out. I hope I didn't mess it up too much. I don't think I did. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us here on Around the Nest.